0: We've been in this series talking about confronting our emotional darkness. You know, and looking at our dark places, and we we gone on this incredible journey of how light goes into the darkest places in our lives and can take those things that we often try away from, or, or we feel too painful to face, and realize that the light of Jesus really can transform those experiences and those feelings and those thoughts into beautiful things. Today, I want to talk to a about making peace with our anxiety. Making peace with our anxiety. Think about that for a moment. You know, when we uh, begin to do some research about our communities, you know that one-third of this community is on some form of medication for stress and being uh, overwhelmed, feelings of overwhelm. One-third of our community is at a point of anxiety that they are on some sort of medical treatment to cope and do it. You know, back in 1965, Billy Graham said that anxiety would be the defining mark of our future culture, and you're exactly right. It is one of the greatest things that we wrestle with. We're confronted with it. It's a word that has now become everyday language. And when we think about scripture, you know, I want you to understand that when you see the word worry or anxious, that in the Bible. Those words are connected. It's the same Greek word, and it is translated into English for a couple different reasons to help us understand that there are varying degrees of anxiety. Right? So, when we look at the Bible, the Bible says that that, um, worry and anxiety is this idea of being ripped apart or ripped in conflicting directions. So, when you see that word, there's a word picture that's there. When you see the word worry and you see the word Anxious, or anxiety, and scriptures. God is talking about the feelings of being ripped in opposite, opposing directions. To so literally have your emotions ripping you in twenty different places, your mind picking you in a hundred different directions, your 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 body feeling the weight of that. And so, scripture very much understands. You know, the, the human experience of anxiety. And I believe that when we look at Jesus and go to the death of before he's about to go on a cross and he is praying sweat drops of blood, that he is experiencing anxiety at his fullest peak. It's gone from worry to confused, overwhelming emotions. There's this one side of him that wants to honor the Father and redeem humanity. There's this other side of him that knows the intense pain that is about to come and, and feeling the separation from the Father and all the. Sin of the world falling upon his life, and it is bringing so much so, so much anxiety into his life that, that his blood pressure shoots through the roof to the point that his heart could rupture. So much so that that the capillaries, that the end of his blood vessels burst, and blood starts to speak through his pores. And what I want to remind us today that when we look at this passage, Jesus is not looking at anxiety in a tight way. And I want to say that to those of you that are in this room and those that listen to my podcast, because within Christian circles, we really think it's empathy and sympathy. And I want us to step back on to realize that anxiety is a part of every human experience, it was a part of Jesus' the Son of God, God reflects his human experience. And nowhere in Scripture, I want you to get this, one, I want you to think about this, nowhere in Scripture does God tell you not to worry. Now, he tells you not to worry about what you're going to eat, not to worry about what you're going to drink, not to worry about what you're going to wear on your body, not to worry about tomorrow. But he's not saying that to live a faithful Christian life will be one where there is no experience of worry. What he's saying is, is that when you find yourself about point. I want you to find a place to run to to bring you a sense of peace. Today, we're going to look at Paul's testimony and his encouragement to the church at Philippi on how we can make peace with anxiety. The first truth I want to give you this morning is to find joy in your relationship with Jesus. That's the first point. Find joy in your relationship with Jesus. Where do we see that? Verse 4 says, Rejoice! in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord. The most important word in that verse so far is in. Rejoice in the Lord. So when you look at your relationship with Jesus, what I want to ask you today, is it one that brings joy to your life? Because if it isn't one that brings joy to your life, you may not be understanding a relationship with Jesus. And if you find yourself there, I want you to understand that it's perfectly okay because we find ourselves there, and sometimes church does a lot to ruin your relationship with Jesus. Because most of what we do in church is about therapeutic deism. We want you to feel more about yourself apart from God, and we want you to do it for God's side, but it's harder, do more, and bring your offering to Jesus, so that he's pleased with you. But that is not the way of grace. The way of grace is, I'll take you where you are. I will love you and you I will pour my life out for you, says God. And we just see that and you take that in. And when that happens, it begins to change our hearts. And then what happens, miraculous things. Suddenly, our hearts are drawn away from from, substance that are less worthy of a relationship with Jesus. Suddenly, sin becomes something that we don't desire anymore because we're learning to control, to fill life with Jesus. And it's not that we're doing more time and we're just simply coming to the realization that God loves us. And what God has for us is far more greater than anything. I know it's that grammar. But it's far more greater than anything that you could ever hold on to. And I'll give you that grammar for emphasis here. <laughs> because I want you to realize what God has for you. Rejoice in the Lord always. So that's all, isn't All right. When things are going great, rejoice in the Lord. When things are not going great, rejoice in the Lord. And you're saying, I don't think so. And then Paul says, for those of you that are dying, again I say, rejoice. Because when we hear that, rejoice in the Lord always is saying, well, you can't really mean rejoice. You me something else. Although, yes, yeah, I do. I mean rejoice. And Paul understood this. This is a person that is set out to serve Jesus. And in every turn, he looks back at, and he want to pick the highlights of his ministry. He's like, ooh. Mm. God used the Apostle Paul to write 13 books in the New Testament. That's awesome. God used the Apostle Paul to start churches and a like, gospel movement throughout Asia Minor, so much so that he wanted to go to Rome to start the gospel we'll movement in Spain. And, and God did all these great things. Yeah. He was sick, right? he was beaten, sometimes he would preach, and a lie would break out. He was stoned, not like Colorado Stone, but they would rocks at him, you know, and to and, and extinguish his life for his message and he kept going. He understood what it was like to face difficulty, to be completely overwhelmed by the circumstances, and to find this disconnect between rejoicing in the Lord and all of this. he learned some things. And there's dark times. See, when you look at the word rejoice, it means to find happiness. To really find happiness in the Lord. And the word Lord here means... The authority of God. You know what he's saying? Find happiness in the authority of Jesus. See, so when you're facing those difficult circumstances, you are to find happiness. The exhortation here is to find happiness that God has authority over all things. The same God that I thought about and Nathan into existence without lifting a finger is the same God that you worship. It's the same God that lives inside of you by the power of the Holy Spirit. The same Spirit that lives within you is the same Spirit that was Jesus from the dead. And he's telling you, rejoice, be happy, be contentment in any of the circumstances, and that is for you. You know what's beautiful about that? Is that nowhere does it say that the circumstances have to change for you and I to have a sense of joy? And nowhere in that does the Word of God say that you have to pretend that everything is okay. In the all ways, even you can have that conflicting pain and still express joy. One of Because the ultimate authority over all of us, the ultimate authority over my own The ultimate declaration of what's going to happen to me is held in the hands of God, not by the circumstances that I'm Find joy in your relationship with Jesus. Always, every day, in every circumstance. The second truth that I'll do this morning to help you to keep with your anxiety is to let go of life Illusions. We all know that life has some illusions, right? All kinds of them, right? We all know that there's no such thing as a perfect parent, but we all have the vision of a perfect parent, don't we? We all understand that nobody has a perfect life, but we certainly have visions in our head of what a perfect life is. We all could look back on life and say, "If oh, this didn't in my life would be better," right? We can all pick those moments as if. That would create illusion that everything would be okay. Another illusion is that other people have it easier than I do. Another illusion is that other people are more spiritual than I am. That other people are just going to experience the blessing of God and I'm not going to experience it when it's not available to me the way it is to other people. Another illusion is that life is supposed to be fair. Life's not fair. Another illusion that some of you deal with is. I deserve all of this. Whether it's good or it's bad, I deserve all of this. What do we see in the scripture? Well, let, look at the rest of um, the passage here going into verse 5. it says, let your reasonableness be known to everyone." Now, I'll let you just think about this. Rejoice in the Lord always. Trust in find and find happiness and give control of your life. And then let your reasonableness be known. See, what this, this word reasonableness is, 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 translated several different ways in different translations. How many of you have a different translation than what you today? Right? Some of your translations will say, let your big-heartedness be known. Right? Some of your translations will let your full be known. What other words do you have in your translations? Gentlemen. So, who's right? All of them. The, the word that God chose to use in the Greek language is so big that it takes about a half a dozen English words to try to communicate this very complex emotion. That I have this relationship with God. I I'm about to walk into anxiety, and, and it can mean several different things. It can be translated for business, which means to withhold the payment that is due. It can mean, it can mean uh, gentleness. It can mean... Being kind, it can mean considerateness. It can mean being charitable. It can mean being mild. It can mean a lot of things. But the bottom line is, you're saying because you have a relationship with God, you face these things. What needs to come out of your life is what's reasonable. What's reasonable? Don't live in ridiculous illusions about life and things. Within the reality, the reason for it that God has all authority, and sometimes I desperately need Him to use that authority in my favor. Paul understood that. You read the entire book of Philippians; and he basically the message of the entire book is, "Don't quit." He wanted to go to Rome to start a gospel movement, the way it happened out of the Church at Antioch. And God sends him there as a prisoner, never be, to be released as a pastor. At this point in his life, he will spend his days chained to a Roman guard, never getting a pulpit. And his only way of communicating the message is through letters like what we're reading here. And he honest about it. It's like, listen. Think of time, Captain Hard things happen? God is still in control. My expectations have to fade away. My illusions of life and ministry have to be set aside to embrace what God is doing. This is so huge. Because my family wrestled with this, right? We look back on our journey of starting a church the week before we launched this thing. My back goes guys. I'm on Percocet. At midnight, I'm leaning myself off a Percocet so I could speak profoundly to you. Otherwise, it would have been a very entertaining moment. By noon, my body is screaming for relief, Back on the Percocet. People are praying like crazy. People asking God to move for God to heal. My back goes, it gets worse. I'm out on a prayer walk and I go down, and I'm unable to move, and I'm unable to move for months. No insurance, no idea how we're gonna make this happen, And I'll be trying to serve trying, trying to find it. And we're trying to, we're gonna be a God deal, we're gonna give it. It's not how it's going to start. And we can look at and say, God failed, or we can step back and say, what did God do? So if you're losing life, God has to do it my way. The reality is, God says, I'm going to do it this way. And I'm going to surround you with hundreds of people that are going to be a separate issue. And then I'm going to put you in the OR with a bunch of people that know your story. And they're going to hear about the generosity of others that made the surgery happens happen so you can testify for the goodness of God's community and his love for all humanity. God did something that was a different. In order to find joy out of the God, we have to let go of your reasoning that shape our life, and we have to let our reasoning know everything. We don't have to touch it. Mean, we're really good at that. The worst four letter word that any Christian can speak, and I'm not exaggerating, the worst four letter word that you and I can speak is fun. And there are a lot of other four letter words that you and I can use, but I think the worst one we can use is fun. I'm fun. I no, remember. No, no. I'm not. You're not. No one else. None of us. Filing is what keeps you from community. Filing is what keeps you from hope. Filing is what keeps you from Jesus. Filing is what keeps you from seeing faith first in your life. What are the illusions? Third principle for making peace with our anxiety. If you remember, Jesus is within reach. This is what's really cool. Corinthians chapter four, verse one. Did you know that this little phrase right here? My wife taught me this thing. Great right? strategy. Like yesterday, we were looking at this. This little phrase right here actually belongs with the next verse. It's not a separate thing. It says the Lord is at hand, and then it says be not anxious about anything. We separate those two ideas. In all actuality, when you go to the literal translation of the Bible where they don't care about grammar or punctuation or any kind of stuff, they just line up the most words with the Greek words, that verse 4 to verse 10 is all one more sentence. None of this is connected from each other. And we come to the point here where we need to realize that Jesus is within reach. And in the Lord is at that tree. He's right within reach. He's right there. And so, when we're feeling overwhelmed, when we're feeling like Jesus is a million miles away, and we're looking at saying, There's no hope for me, there's no way that this can be about, uh, be positive in my life, we need to realize that Jesus is okay with his reach. And the question has will to reach out to him. See, God is not distant from us. God does not remove himself up in heavens. You know, and this is what Jesus says to the disciples it is actually to your advantage that I go away. Because God... Is If I'm here, I'm not able to be on and present in a way that touches your life. I'm going to send the helper, the comforter, the guy that's going to live inside of you and make your faith come to life. That's going to work and you, work in your life. That's going to lead you in the truth. That's going to share your your, your, take you my heart and draw you close. That's going to grieve when I grieve. That's going to rejoice when I rejoice. I want you to send me inside of you. And we don't talk about the Holy Spirit. It's like you have Father, Son, Holy Bible, and the Holy Spirit's kind of left out on the outside. And he's like, I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. He's he a third part of the king. The word of God is important. But I'm going to help you understand this, but it's just there. The message, live in you. And this is the wisdom to help you discern if you're on the right path. So it is important, but not as important as Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit moves within us, Consolidate wants to give us this experience of Jesus being at hand. This is how we experience faith by re- relying on the God that lives within us. And maybe, just maybe in that moment of darkness and anxiety, it's the reason we don't have this counterintuitive joy that some Christians say they have when they're going to avoid possible things Heaven is that you have a God who is leaping with you, who is comforting you in that moment, who is showing empathy and sympathy to his dreaming as you breathe. What small country? Someone who walks alongside you, which is what the Greek word host means terrorists. Or someone that's like, get your ass together, man, you you can be joyful. You just lost the most important person in your life to death, but you can be joyful. Everything's good. You know, we do that in church. We got to take the idea from false teaching in the church that you just need to pray more, you just need to believe more, you just need to touch more, right? We do that in Baptist circles. And if you need to pray with well, And then we want to criticize the Pentecostal for, for saying, if you didn't had enough faith, you could leave this It's the same thing, just from a much more pessimistic point of view. It's all man and time. You now, Jesus exhorts us in this moment to reach out to me. And His promise is that I will be with you because you're mine. I will be your God. And you will be my people. I am your Father. You are my son of God, and I will never leave you or forsake you. I'm not a high priest to exist from you. I'm able to sympathize with you in every way because I have been the most comforting experiences that you and I have in difficult times is somebody that just breathes with us. And I tell you today that maybe, maybe, maybe that comes from the spirit and the of God. So you need to remember that Jesus is within you. We also need inner you know, anxiety to allow us to pray. Right? The Lord is at hand do not mention, verse 6 says, about anything, but in anything, by fair and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made by the government. Now, again, you break this down. up. And in the original language, it's not broken up. So when we read it, it's like, don't answer for it. Don't tell us the to worry. And you just tell us to pray about it. Well, both of those ideas are present, but not in the application that we're talking about. See, the, the original language says, the anxious for nothing. For nothing, be anxious is the way it's to go. So, this whole country don't let it drive you to anxiety, but in anything, take that anxiety and let it drive you to plan do saying, listen, there's going to be a million things that you're going to want to touch your heart. You're going to up these feelings of anxiety, and I want you to take that anxiety, and I want you to pour it in a fridge. Be anxious about praying for everything. Don't let nothing, again, don't want to get it, kind of pull you away from me, but let everything drive you to me. Even anxiety. See, you tell tells us, Pray about everything with supplication and thanksgiving. So the word "pray" here is a general word that's used for devotion and worship. It's, it's the kind of praying that you do when we think about the greatness of God. It's like God, you're holy and you're mighty and you're awesome and you created all these things. And it's, it's where we look back at God and we're just in awe of who He is. You need to pray, thinking about who God is and being in awe of who God is, and letting that change our heart. And then it says to suffocate, to bring our request before us, to pour out our hearts and our feelings and our needs before Father, saying, God, you're great. You're awesome, and you've done all these wonderful things in my life, and I worship you and I adore you. And God, my whole life is, is in ruins at this point, and I'm emotionally at my end. And God, I pour out of my heart to you, saying, Meet me in this place, mighty good to feel the many miles away, God. I pour these things out to your feet, saying, God, I need you to do something. And the Bible says to do both of those things with thanksgiving. See, what Thanksgiving is going to do is going to help you believe that God is actually who He says He is and He's going to do what He's supposed to do. Without Thanksgiving, you're like thinking maybe God will hear me, maybe I said the right words, and maybe I didn't, depending on how it goes. But you said, given it, because you've lived in the past, God, you created the world, God, that I existed, you've died for me on the cross, and you've redeemed God, I can face your your presence in my life, throughout my life, I thank you for that, God, there's this great need that I don't see you in right now, you feel me on my way, but God, I'm thankful that I can pour out my request. Like just like word says, take your anxiety upon Him. with the same word, as worry, you can take your care of your not on your because God has me God so thankful that I can turn to your authority, that I can push aside your reasons of why, and I can let you be God. So let anxiety drive you to pray, and let those who trust you may on have done. And then he comes down and says in 7, verse 7 And the peace of God will do what? Well. The powers of all understanding will guard your heart and mind against you. Think about for a second. The peace of God. So God is the source of peace that belongs to Him. Which means you're not asking for God to send His peace to you. You're asking for God to send Himself to you. I want your peace. I want you when you come, and then even about you comes with you. And I want you to eat. I want you. The peace of God. Which means that everything that we want in the spiritual life, not just peace, full salvation, all comes from God. we're not helping to God to send us stuff to Amazon, we're asking God to come and dwell with us. That's the whole point. To remove any obstacle, barrier and? And it keeps us from being aware that God is with us and for us and for us. And the peace of God is just is all the it volunteer. It's just so far past what we could ask. It's beyond our comprehension. It just blows our mind. And what does it do? It's gone. It's like setting a soldier outside of your feelings and your thoughts anything that attached to you anything that brings up anxiety you have the feeling. God stands out there, His peace guards your whole mind, saying, You know what? I feel this way, but I know, I know, I know God is there. I know He's there. I, I know He cares. I know He's not going to let me go. I know that this will work out for my good. I know that I know that I know in the midst of like, You've got a soldier that is wielding a sword and a shield, guarding your mind, guarding your heart, your feelings, and your thoughts. When you're willing, to let anxiety drive you to pray. That's the result of prayer. That's the answer to prayer. Not that everything fixes itself, but that God rises up as a mighty warrior in your life. That's the answer to that prayer. And the peace of God, which surpasses all our things always about the and of Christ You know, this makes, you know, it reminds me of a story, you know, as I'm lying on my living room floor, my wife. Is getting a job trying to offset income, trying to figure out how they're going to take the surgery. She's stressed beyond all measure. She's not just working, but she's like leading the entire church because I'm on some strange cocktail of value, muscle relaxers, percocet, and, and Gelatin. Three different pain I'm feeling really good and oblivious to all reality, but I'm also completely useless saying one and everything. She's reading the church, making sure the trail she's never pulled a trail before in her life. She's making sure the church is turned from church every week. She's making sure that things get set up every week. She's making sure that there's a message every week. She's making sure that worship happens every week. She's letting on people as they're discouraged and overwhelmed while she's dealing with her own, wrestling with her own feelings of being overwhelmed and discouraged. And she is doing it all at home and at church. And one of the people that we're reaching out to trying to show the love of Jesus to, who we're trying to witness to, and i only going to be, I can't give you her direct right quote because some of the language would not fit within church, but he basically is hearing about my wife's journey and my journey and she says, How in the world are you still smiled? The peace of God. If you sword and steel. With her emotions in her mind, while she is wrestling with that, she is not alone. And what comes out of the world is nothing but in the spirit of God. See, the beauty of this is that God doesn't do things for us, He does things with us. There's a spirit experience. It's not just benevolently just goes out on us that we can consume and throw away. God offers us to And within that, there is no greater bargaining experience. next principle I want to give you is for helping you to peace with your anxiety of where you allow your mind to go matters. Where you allow your mind to go matters. Listen, anxiety is a dark, dark, dark rabbit hole man, it will drive you from fear to depression. It can suck all life and hold out of you. It can suck all sense of dignity out of you. And that's why God's words hold us in verse finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is generous, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. He's telling you to dig past the emotions and negative thoughts and to look around you and find some things that are honest, that are just, that are lovely, that are commendable, that are praises, that are true. To find that thing and cling to it and meditate on it, right? as Sam talked about earlier. You know how to meditate absolutely the same energy you put in the worry and just direct that worry towards truth. What are you talking about? You know, whatever truth, Jesus is truth. It's truth about who we are and what we have in Jesus. That's what's truth. That's the truth you think of. Who Jesus is and what you have in him. Think about those things. You know, it talks about what's honorable and just, what's worthy of respect. Think about things that are worthy of your respect. Think on those things. What are those pure, lovely, and commendable? That—that is worthy really of our thoughts. What is beautiful in life? What is it? What, what, what gives us joy? It could be something as simple as standing out and looking at a beautiful Colorado sunset. Does it doesn't even have to be related to your circumstance. It's just stepping back and seeing the simple beauty that's in. You're its It's sitting back long enough to look your wife or your children or your husband in the eye and seeing the incredible gifts that are in. It's remembering the first time that you held your child, your first time, and how you felt. It's thinking about things that sometimes are often completely unrelated to the circumstances. So that you're going through, and it's in that beauty that you start to remember who God is and what you have in Instead of whatever is excellent and praiseworthy, think about things that bring good into our lives and the lives of others. Listen, some of you guys have been here on mission trip, and you're wondering what in the world creating six layers of paint off of a hundred year old house that's never going to be perfect does for anybody. For one guy, who lost his wife in January, who's also painted the seed and used the world to him. That, spread, that frustration, you know, it becoming a four-letter word in your vocabulary now, you know, not wanting to see another paintbrush or paint shit in your life, all of that goes away when you start thinking about one person got to see the sacrificial love of Jesus. Jesus came to serve and not be served. We serve somebody who can offer us the method so that we can offer them the weather to music because we everything. Think about those things. The good to keep them. Because your life has value beyond the question circumstances that you feel are going to compose you. Think of those things and learn. But not least, in order to make peaceful anxiety, healthy, community is essential. And stay healthy for Asking God to send one person who loves men and knows how to love you in your circumstance is Christ's of all the churches that Paul still wrote, when he felt down and discouraged, being stunkled to a guard, locked up in a room, taken away with his joy of ceasing the gospel and serving Jesus. When he writes in the book of Philippians, all of this struggling that he's feeling, he chose to write it to a church that he knew understood his experience. You see, the church of Philippi I had everything going against it. They had no money. It barely had any people. It was in a very difficult place to reach extension you. But it was a bridge for community. Instead of trying to church it out and live a false sense of hope, they found real hope by drawing on the do You see this in verse nine. She starts talking in a "What you have learned and received, and heard, and seen in me." Practice these things. He's talking to his friends at right? Philippians. What you have learned and received and what you have heard and seen, and practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. He goes on and talks about in verse 10 how he's thankful that the Philippians have revived their concern for him, not to be ever forgotten their concern for him. But he was never able to see this church face to face, but yet there was still a sense of community. community was part of his faith. says, what you have what are you going to see, what you've heard and seen when you practice these things and God these people do with you. Keep, 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 keep. What do you what do we see? I want to just walk you through Philippians real quick. Philippians one, I present God and all the remembrances of him, right and then he goes on, and he says I want you brother, but what is to know brothers that what has happened to me has raised the gospel. You think that I'm done, that I'm on the sideline, and I'm and I don't have a voice anymore. I want you to realize that what is happening is actually bringing joy to God. It's not my plan. It's God's plan. And what has actually happened is that I'm tackled to a Roman guard 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. He's going to the bathroom with me, he's watching me pray, he's watching me write these letters, he's with me, and then the next guy comes in for a shift. And what we believe conservatively is that because of Paul's life, that nearly 100,000 people in Rome heard about the gospel indirectly through the apostle Paul's lies. He's on the guidelines. You would not believe what the for this is, wrote to these church for a You would not believe how he prayed for Timothy today. You would not believe what he wrote to the perfect Corinth today. 100,000 people. He goes on. And he says, Yes, I will rejoice for know that through your faith and the help of the Spirit of Jesus, this will turn out for my deliverance, as it is my eager expectation and hope that I will not at all be put to shame, but that with full courage now, as always, Christ will be honored in my body, whether life or by death. For me to live is Christ and to die He said that. This is what he says. What you have learned, to receive What you've internalized, internalize. You will take the fact that to live is Christ and to die again, internalize that, practice that, live that, and the God of peace will be with you. Not just the peace of God guarding you, but God Himself, with His peace, will be in your midst, and you will search, you will see, him. you'll walk with Him. It goes on. Chapter 2, so if there's any encouragement in Christ, any comfort of love, who participates in fear, in affliction, and in complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full sport and with one mind, So think about all of those things, enjoy this things. learn this lesson, receive this lesson, the God of peace will be with you, because even if I am poured out as a drink offering, upon the sacrificial offering of your faith, I am glad and rejoice with you all. Like this is about me giving myself away, this is about you giving your life away. Learn this lesson, receive this lesson, you've seen it and you, you've heard about it, live it, practice it, and of peace will be with you. He goes on in chapter three, he says, But whatever gain I had, I count it as a loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed I count anything as a loss. This is the surpassing work of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake I have suffered the loss of all things and counted as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes to faith in Christ, the righteousness that depends on faith, that I may know him, the power of his resurrection, and may share in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. Learn that, receive that, you've seen it, you've heard about it, practice it, and the peace of God will be with you. He goes on, Know that I've already obtained all this, you're but I press on to make it my own, because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I've made it my own, but one day I do, forgetting what lies behind, and standing forward to what lies ahead. I press on towards the goal from Christ, of the upper call of Christ Jesus. Learn it. It's it. You've seen, it, you've seen it, you of a to and you peace. i be with you. You've got some more You Let your reason be made known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, if the pastor will understand, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any instance, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen and that puts these things together. And the God of peace will be with you. So the bottom line is this. Making peace for their anxiety isn't trying to change their circumstances, it's just asking about a single thing. Making peace for our anxiety and trust our to be our advocate and companion in every circumstance of life. To be our advocate, to guard our hearts and minds, to be our companion, to walk with us in every circumstance of life. I don't know where you are today. But Jesus wants to be both of those things. See that hand; he's within reach. Will you reach to him? He will fight everything that comes against the fight man, and he will walk with you through these circumstances. of with every head that ever closed. We have an opportunity to be just that this morning when you reach out to him, no matter where you fall on the worry-to-anxiety scale today, God wants to be your advocate and companion. He wants you to find peace in the midst of your anxiety. We think peace is the essence of conflict. What peace is, is finding that presence, that calm, in the midst of pain in our life. Is being able to stand in the middle of all the noise and be at rest. And that's what you to Jesus means to him. That He can calm your emotions. That He can calm your thoughts. That He can calm the physical reaction in your body that comes from all that is scary and hard in your life. you talk to today. And your family is beautiful.